these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. Kyle, 20 and 5, my man. 20 and 5. You know that new bit I have where I just, I, I'm running out of things to say. So I'm probably, this might be it for my podcasting career, but uh, I just start tweeting out like the Wolves are 20 and 5 and then like the 1993-94 Timberwolves were 20 and 62. Uh, so I'm probably just going to keep doing that. I don't know if anyone likes it, but it is just just so crazy to go back and look at their record year by year and just see like 20 and 62, 21 and 61, all these years. And it's like, oh my God, dude, like they're matching these win totals of these previous seasons and it's December 19th. So it is, I believe, the, it's the seventh team, I think, in franchise history. They've matched the season win total of. And with you running out of superlatives and things to say, <laughs> I've run out of things to say. Let's find someone else who might have some things to say. Let's <laughs> bring him in here. Oh, wow. Oh. It's a random guy just hanging out here. Craig Kilborn, ladies and gentlemen, from the Life Gorgeous podcast and YouTube channel, which you should like and subscribe to. And lifelong Timberwolves fan. We're recording. This airs today, doesn't it? This yeah. will be up like, so we're going to, however long you can hang out with us, and then it'll be posted like 20 minutes after. That yeah. game last night, there's so much to unpack, wow. as we like to say. I mean, the second half, I felt like I was at Mason Margot having a dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to forget that. We talked off air. So that's my guy, so David. It's my, fa- uh, it's, it's my favorite restaurant now. It just opened like, what, a year ago? Oh. Yeah. I love it's how beautiful. you come to the Twin Cities and hit like six yeah. amazing restaurants, courtside a couple games, then yes. go back to your lavish life in West Hollywood. Five and sunny in Los <laughs> Angeles. But it's uh, no Mason Margot. It's beautiful inside, but I really like the food. I think if you mention Lloyd Kilby, they give you a free martini or, or maybe they'll get you a picture of me with a martini, something like that. <laughs> That's what it's an but, eight by 10 is what it yeah. is now. Yeah. So. I wanted to ask you last night, what are you guys thinking in the first half? Because I'm just majorly disappointed, like we're flat and not sharp. What, what are you thinking in the first half at Miami? This kind of dives into, Phil, what we talk about every week, just that scar tissue, Craig, of just, you know, there's still people that don't want to buy into this team yet that have just been, had the Charlie Brown football pulled out from under them so many other seasons. Uh, but last night, I think they were down 17 at one yes. point in the first. Yes, first quarter. Um, 12 at halftime, down 12 at halftime. I'd be lying if I didn't say that I was a little nervous, but I also, as a kind of a degenerate, I've been wanting to see this team get punched in the face a little bit. Uh, they right. haven't had an easy schedule. but They, they got choked, but that's okay. Yeah, that, that's yeah. true. They uh, they did play some teams that were down a guy. I mean, the Wolves have been down, Jaden or Ant at different times, but I just want to see them get punched in the face. I want to see a team just grind them into dust a little bit and see how they responded. They looked terrible the first 12 minutes. They looked a little better in the second, and then they're – becoming the best third quarter team in the league, which is weird, right? Because we've watched so many seasons where they'll take a lead in the half and then blow it in the third. But I was a little nervous, but I was like, okay, let's, let's see how they respond. And whatever they do at halftime now, whether it be Finchie or Elston Turner or something, they really get on those guys and they come out firing. And in the fourth quarter, it's just, they lean on them until they tap out. I think Luca Garza changes shirts in the locker room. He looked so good last night. That thing was pressed. The tight pants and the slender. Oh boy. (laughs) He's not going to Mason Margo anytime soon. No, this, um, by the way, new stat for you guys, and they didn't get to do it last night. But the Luca, we need like a, we need like, is there like a alliteration we can use? It's games that Luca Garza comes in where you know that you've you've played so well in the third quarter, you've got your 15, 20 point lead. He's victory, played in 
He's played in five of the 25 games so far. And those are five games you know that are blowouts. Garza so games? The Gar- I guess Garza games. Yeah, your or, uh, That's he, he, he's like a human victory cigarza. Basically. Oh, there you go, right there. Fun it so, up. Victory there cigars. We'll the cigars of games. So, so I was nervous yesterday, just like I'll be nervous for Philly tomorrow. But um, I I know Jason Jackson. I, he was the voice, the radio play-by-play man in the Miami Heat. And I worked with him at ESPN. And he texted me in the afternoon and said, should be a fun dance tonight. And all <laughs> I'm worried about is Jimmy Butler. And I said, I hope Butler doesn't pull a Draymond. And he assumed I, you know, his response was nothing but love, COVID spreading Frenchman. So yeah. he was he was referring to to Rudy, and I'm like, I don't want you know a hard foul by Jimmy on Cat or on Ant. That's what I that's what concerns me because Jimmy is you know pugilist. I, I I'm not a fan of Butler. But he kind of dis- he did disappear. I mean, he disappeared did, in the second half. He did, and and he had, Johnny K wrote a great piece in the yeah. Athletic, by yeah. the way. And it, mm-hmm. that and I when 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 they made the move for Jimmy Butler five years ago, I was a little hesitant. Like, wow, they're kind of cutting off this young nucleus to try and win now in the middle of a Warriors dynasty and Kevin Durant still on that team. It felt like they were at best sort of just capping their upside. But then it's like, okay, well at least Carl Anthony Towns gets the hard-nosed sort of ball handling, but can also can also be the scorer late in the game, the guard. And as Johnny K wrote, Anthony Edwards has become maybe even a better version in terms of like a pairing, obviously a better version pairing with Cat. Uh, he's what we thought Jimmy Butler was going to be five yeah. years ago. Yeah. And now they get to align sort of timeline-wise too. I, I, I have a, a little some stats I want to tell you about Ant, but remember when Rudy made that block on on bam you're gonna say which one but it, the, the the emphatic one where there's a loose ball at the top of the key and who's taught and butler's right there mm-hmm. and somehow ant gets it and then ant runs down and he's faster than a lot of people he's faster than butler and he goes down and dunks i mean this guy is so special anthony edwards and I think I'll do my stat for you guys now. I did some research just oh. for you, just for Flagrant House. This is. Are we getting into the Timberwolves stat porn section of the show here? <laughs> Kilby didn't even know what he was getting into here. This is, we'll make it official. Here is your Timberwolves stat porn of the show. Um, I like that music. I hear it all. No, I don't hear it all the time. <laughs> um, well, I just so, heard that an hour ago. That's crazy. So. Uh, as we know, uh, Anthony Edwards, when he came into the league, uh, was very athletic and very raw, very raw. And uh, he's, you know, some of these guys have to work on their their jump shooting. Uh, they're not pure shooters. So I took the all-time greats. I wasn't going to include Jordan, but I did throw him in there. But I just want to talk about guys that are not pure shooters. You know, Larry Legend's a pure shooter. So you've got these athletic guys like Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, uh, Anthony Edwards, Kobe, and I always thought Michael Jordan was a. I think he's the best jump shooter of, of that group. So I, but I, I threw yeah. him in there at the end. So the one of the things is when you talk about pure shooting, you look at three point percentage and free throw percentage. These guys aren't pure shooters, but I wrote down their career stats for three point shooting and free throws. Sometimes you can tell when a guy's a pure shooter at the line. So of those guys, who do you think has the highest currently, you know, some of them have retired, obviously. But 
What's the highest three-point percentage? LeBron, Kobe, Dwayne Wade, Ant, and Jordan. Highest three-point percentage. It's got to be Ant. Why do you say that? It's not Dwayne Wade because he was he was never he, a great. Dwayne Wade shooter. is last at twenty nine point three percent. And Jordan was low until that's also an era where you thought guys who were great three point shooters wound up being like thirty two percent three point yeah, shooters. Yeah. It took Jordan a while. Jordan Kobe is 30, was not. Jordan is thirty two point seven percent. Kobe is thirty two point nine. Ant's got to be like thirty eight, right? Le, LeBron is thirty four point six. And Ant is currently 35.5, which is the highest for his career. Because I think he was like 30 his first year or something like that. He had that kind of shake, fade away off the glass shot to kind of ice the game. And there's an edit, uh, Phil, on on Twitter where they just mash that up against a Michael Jordan. Same kind of 15-footer shake right, left, off the glass. And it is spooky. Like, it is spooky to see the mechanics of how... The footwork and the jump shot and the release point, they're all very, very, very similar. Uh, and that's kind of become Ant's go-to shot now, right? As we joke about it, but he uses that glass. He just gets to his yeah, it's spot. Amazing. And it's, it's really amazing. It's Rudy Tomjanovich all over again. Yep, no kidding. Yep. Okay, quickly. Let me, I'll, I'll get rid of this. I just want to do free throw. <laughs> Who has the highest and lowest free throw of those greats? LeBron's got to be the lowest. Correct. 73.5. At, is Kobe the highest? He is, but barely. 83.7, Jordan 83.5. Okay. And Ant is 77.9. But on the rise with, with all these. He's better that, That's in what three. I'm saying. He's yeah. he's he's gonna we assume he's gonna keep improving as a jump shooter, especially when he watches Cat and practice every day. Cat, <laughs> by the way, shooting what is he? He's uh he's 50 43 91 yeah. i think yeah. his percentages <laughs> okay what about when he rebounded over jimmy and lobbed it i mean lobbed he it to shouldered Rudy. jimmy he oh. rebounded over jimmy lobbed it to oh him. that game was how many times have you rewatched the fourth quarter <laughs> that I, game i four times this today yeah. that game added five years to my life i know it's so it nerve-wracking so nerve-wracking game oh and you know what i liked it, you know, tyler hero hit a shot Late, late. I mean, he had a right around the top of the key free throw line, cut it to one. I think this is before Ant's shot. And and Finchie was standing, but didn't did Finchie didn't flinch. Mm-hmm. Meaning instead of going like this, it's like yeah, we're in a game. We got to match him. We got to yeah. match him, and we go down. And I just our defense is is so impressive, but we are we're all concerned about our execution of our offense, especially late in the game. And I thought it was really good last night. The not flinching thing. So. First of all, Grady and Jim Pete were two and a half hours of brilliance on yeah, the ballet. They probably were closer to the court than they are at Target Center. <laughs> they are, they are. We need to resolve that ASAP. I love it. And by the way, they have to walk up. There's not even like an elevator, really. So they when they get done with the on-court pregame stuff, right, they yeah. do the pregame show on, on the court. They're literally like in their suits. They're walking up like thirty flight, like thirty, you know. Bill rows Walton could not do that. Thank God, Jim Pete is. Has better wheels than Walton. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is too bad. But those guys were kind of riding the roller coaster like they should for for the right. fans watching at home, and it did feel like the Wolves missed like six or seven layups, yeah. and and then and then the Heat are just knocking in these ridiculous like contested shots, and the ones that Rudy wasn't altering or never minding. It was like you know high arcing rattles it in, so it did feel like the Heat were getting sort of the better of the like the yes. rim luck. 
Yeah. And so I, I love that the broadcasters were riding the roller coaster and, oh, my God, come on. But then the Wolves on the other side, like you said, they didn't flinch. Yeah. They aren't flinching in these games. And someone brought up the third quarter stat. Here's some more Wolves stat porn for you guys. So last year they were they were 21st in the NBA in third quarter margins. So they were getting outscored yeah. by like two yeah. points per third quarter. Second in the NBA now only to the 76ers. They're, so oh. they were, I think they came in last night outscoring opponents by like four and a half points in the third. It was a plus six last night. Yeah. So literally a seven point or eight point turnaround in net turnaround in just the third quarter alone this season. Yeah. The other thing that's always is concerning is uh, when you need a hoop, I, they, I think the Heat did it last night in the end of the second quarter at halftime. Uh, right before the half, uh, Ant's going to take the last shot. And then with like five seconds left, they just go over and double team him. And then he has to kick it to somebody. And then mm -hmm. we didn't get off a good shot. But I heard, I listened to Spolster after the game, and he says, you know, we, we they ran different things. And, you know, sometimes we can double a Anthony Edwards, other times we can't. Because, you know, when he backed down there, there was another, Bam came over, but then he moved back because Rudy was going to go into the basket for a lob. And, uh, you know, I'm, we'll see how it unfolds when close games, but you can take the ball out of Ant's hands as you could take it out of Damian Lillard's hands. And, uh, you know, Dwayne Wade, you double team him. So we'll see how that unfolds. But uh, that was one of my favorite wins of all time last night. I mean, plus wow. the Butler thing was so, he's such an irritant. Oh, my gosh. Is it? I've got a couple other stats for you since you keep bringing them up, Phil, but uh, these are all from Alan Horton. The Wolves are now a league best 8-1 and one in clutch time this season. Yeah. They're Talk dirty, Kyle. 57.4% clutch field goal percentage ranks Changed first. Changed my lighting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just keep firing them. Anthony Edwards, 60% clutch field goal percentage, fifth in the NBA. And then I'm going to wait till Craig dims the lights a little bit because I want to ask Craig a follow-up on this. Minnesota is 68 and 48, which is a 59% winning percentage in the clutch since wow. Chris Finch took over. So, Craig, I'm going to throw this back to you because we ask you every time just for an update. One to ten, how, how much of a fan are you of Chris Finch? What is your favorite Finch thing? I thought he was a little spicy getting that technical, but what's your overall thoughts on just Finch and how he's managing this team? Oh, I think he's doing the best coaching of his life probably. You know, there was heat on him. Uh Last year, because everyone was kind of disappointed, and you had some, you know, the fighting with the Rudy and everything, and and uh, uh, I think he's doing a great job. I think he's, uh, and I, I hear what the, you know, I hear when Ant says, you know, coach was uh, pretty intense at halftime, or you know, and and coach talks about we get we talk about being responsible, we talk about maturity, we talk about all this stuff. Now they're focusing on let's try to get off to a better start, you know, because they had spanked in Dallas in the beginning, and then they won, and then. You know, at Miami, uh, the slow start. I think Finch. I, I I don't know if Chris Finch can be doing a better job. Uh, I wanted to tell you my concerns, and then see what I'm sure you guys have talked about it. So is this going to be our roster after the trade deadline? One of my concerns is always the pure shooter off the bench, the pure shooter off the bench, because when you, you know, you saw what happened at Phoenix. There was a back to back after the Draymond thing. We got spanked. And, you know, Sacramento shot the lights out at Target Center. Do we need another shooter? But other times I'm saying, let's roll with this group, especially if Naw is going to shoot well and Troy Brown Jr. So what do you think of our current roster going forward for the trade deadline? I mean, they don't, they don't have a lot of flexibility, right? Despite being really, really good, they're kind of locked in. They can't 
trade any future first or whatever. They can dangle some seconds. But I'm with Craig. You look at the box score last night. You know when Finch wants to win a game, he plays eight. He just doesn't really go to nine. <laughs> right. So last and, night, yeah, Shake Milton was a DNP CD, right? And that, last night, Troy Brown was five minutes and hit a big three. Yeah, and Jordan McLaughlin's kind of buried on the bench too. So where are you going to improve? Right. Like a, it costs something to get something. So are you going to dangle Kyle Anderson and his like nine or ten million dollar contract that expires? Probably not. He's too valuable. Right. But then it's like, well, what what position are you going to cut into? You're not going to take minutes away from Nas. You're not going to take minutes away from Nikhil. So I'm with Craig. I think this is kind of the roster you'll see for the whole season. But for the first time in, I don't know, Craig, 35 years, they're probably going to be an enticing market for buyout guys, like guys yeah. that are trying to chase a ring. You might yeah. see after. Oh, that's the, a great point. That's a great point. So that might be where they get a guy to yeah. spruce up the benches. Someone gets bought out from a bad team, and then they sign with Minnesota for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say just – I. For, for pretty much every Timberwolves season in our lifetimes, except maybe the the Western Conference Finals team. Yeah. The teams that are like competitive or trying to make the playoffs or teams like last year where you know they're at least a play-in team. You're looking to see, okay, how can they make this move or that move, trade deadline or otherwise, to become a contender yeah. in the Western Conference? I think what you have to be careful of with this team is like, Maybe there's a little regression as they play out the tougher stretch of the schedule. They're also three and one during the tough stretch of the schedule, but they already are one of the four or five best teams in the NBA. I'll give Denver like maybe the Wolves finish with a better record than Denver. The West still goes through Denver. So as you're looking, you got to be careful about not upsetting the thing and the reasons why you're 20 and five and the reasons why you might be a number one seed. But I'd also be looking for, okay, planning ahead for a seven game series. If you run into Phoenix, if you have to run into a Pelicans team that's fully stocked, is this the right collection? If Shake Milton's not a guy that's in your rotation in a playoff right. series, who who can take some minutes, who can you trade for? Yeah. So one of the a few weeks ago I was like, uh, you know, I'm concerned about certain matchups in the playoffs and I'm jumping to the playoffs. And then I said, chill out and enjoy this season. Just enjoy the regular season. <laughs> it's December. But but um it is a thing where um, sometimes I see talent, like I, I dream that we get to the finals against Boston. I know they have some scorers, you know? Yeah. We, we got to be – so these guys like Naw have to keep shooting well, and Jaden McDaniels has to keep shooting well. And thank God Nas can score off the bench going to the hoop, and he's hitting threes. But sometimes I look at talent, and I said, like, God, the Clippers, I don't understand this team. They have so much talent. Why aren't they winning? What have they won, eight or nine in a row? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Harden, Harden hit like eight threes last night. Yeah. I mean, we haven't played them yet. But listen, we're there. We'll see how it unfolds. It's a long ways off the playoffs. But uh, I think that our, our defense is great, and the chemistry keeps building. I think Chris, I think Mike Connolly is playing so well. He's hitting, he's hitting the three-pointer. He's shooting like... 42% on threes. It's just amazing. It's just a, it's a really fun team. You know, I, I have the, I, I don't miss Delo t-shirts ready to, <laughs> to sell. Um, what did you think? Let me ask you, what do you think of uh, Troy Brown Jr.? Cause I really like him. He's a little better than I thought. Uh, there was a guy, he works at ESPN and he covers the Lakers and he said, Oh, he was awful last year for the Lakers, you know, McManaman Jr. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, uh, and it's like we lost Torian Prince. I don't know about Torian. You know, he, he can play. He can play. I don't know about his attitude sometimes. But what do you think of Troy Brown Jr. losing Torian and getting Troy Brown Jr.? I mean, 
I like it. I like. I think Troy Brown Jr. is a like at the end of the day. I think he's going to be a, a better three point shooter and also a guy that you don't. I feel like there is a guilt factor of if you felt like Torian Prince shouldn't play in a certain game or a certain stretch. It's like he's Torian Prince. He's one of your team leaders. Right. Right. You can kind of like with Trey Brown Jr. and even with Shake Milton, you can kind of be like, all right, you were hot for a couple of weeks, but you know what? It's not really a Trey Brown Jr. game, so you're going to play five minutes. So I think I almost feel like he fits better in that role. And listen, he's shooting 39% from three. If he's going to be, you know, and he's 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 going to be open. He's playing off of Carl yeah. Anthony Towns and Anthony yeah. Edwards. He's going to yeah. get open looks. Yeah. So if if he can knock down 37 to 40% of his threes, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a game. Right. I like you have, him. You have the stats in front of you. Is that what you're doing? Mm-hmm. What, what's Nas shooting from three? Thirty-seven uh, percent. Wow, good for him. You'll take. that. I always think that's a bonus, but he's worked on his his George Gervin like shot. I, uh, the I do form like the, is like Gervin. He's not as good as Gervin. I didn't say that. <laughs> I do um, like the Troy rebounds too, Craig. Like, yeah, you he know, does. Like he, he really yeah. digs in and like he's not going to get you ten rebounds, but he'll get some of those scrappy rebounds. So I'm with you though in a larger sense. This team does lack shooting. Like, even with Carl and Ant and Mike shooting so well, you can never have enough shooting off the bench. So I, that's one topic I would want to address prior to the deadline or the buyout market is right. if, if you if you lose a Mike Conley for a playoff game or something, like the dynamics and the hierarchy kind of get weird and you just right. you don't have a lot of shooting off the bench still because Shake Milton never really clicked. Well, and Kyle Anderson was never a sniper shooter. But, but he, he, <laughs> he has, like, yeah, he has completely stopped shooting threes. There was a possession last night where... Yeah. The wolves. I can't remember how it started, but the wolves got the wolves got the heat in the spin cycle, and it was like bang, 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 and and there's there's poor Kyle Anderson on the wing, and it's like it, the ball is yours. It's time to shoot a three, and he starts to load up slowly, and he's like, nope, not feeling it, and he continues <laughs> the possession. So that that's a, but but he's such a great zone buster, and he's yeah. a, and you can you can put him on multiple different offensive players. So. He you know, stripped Luca the out. other day. He he's every season he strips Luca off the dribble. I mean, it's just great. I just we have I like our chemistry. I tell you that what bothers me the most is in but this is in general in basketballs. I'm not a big fan of turnovers. And we get sloppy sometimes with the ball. You know what I'm saying? Although, yeah. although I was a little surprised that last night I I don't like to have as a team over twelve turnovers. We had fourteen, but I think we had eleven in the first half. So we really cut down. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, this that's the thing. This team has a level to it where they can give up sixty points in the first half and then give up thirty nine in the second. Yeah. They can turn the ball over eleven times in the first half and then turn it over three times in the second half. So they're it's it's one of the rare Wolves teams that has a switch to flip. You know, yeah. we talked about the Lakers for all these years. Oh, they'll just flip the switch. All the well, LeBron teams, just the, the Wolves have a, a switch they can flip. And it's... I have an opinion on that. <laughs> I have. Well, you can't play intense defense for 48 minutes, can you? Right. I mean, you know. For 82 I mean, games. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, and then they, you know, Rudy said, yeah, we had to get more physical in the second half and start playing defense. And they got on me and they, you know, because and then Rudy was so active. It, I, I've never seen Bam Adebayo struggle like that to get a shot off. That was I might have to watch it a fifth time when we're done here. That fourth quarter, that was joyous, wasn't it? It was, man. It was. Was that okay? I know it just happened last night. And Craig, you already said that that was one of your favorite Wolves games in history. But if we can take a like a deep breath and have a little perspective here, was that one of the ten best regular season Timberwolves games in franchise history? I mean, Rashad McCants scored twenty seven at the Knicks. 
and we only lost by 13. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I there say was the also same, the, I say the, the Torian Prince names. game against the Knicks yeah, last year. Last year, yeah. yeah. Road wins are the sweetest wins. Road wins are the sweetest wins. Remember that game? I'll tell you a crazy game because we're playing at Philly on Thursday. Um, uh, is it Thursday or Wednesday? Wednesday. No, and then at Wednesday. Home against the oh, Lakers. Lakers. That's a tough one. Yeah. We also have a back to back. At the end of a road trip, we go fly up to Boston. That'll be – I don't think we're great back-to-back. Ant doesn't play well back-to-back, and I think the big guys have trouble. Those sometimes might be scheduled losses. But remember that game a couple – was it a couple years ago? Or maybe it was last year at Philly when Cat wasn't playing or fouled out or something, and D'Lo had 36 or double overtime at Philly. Yes. Yeah. And they, they was, brought back Embiid that night, right? The Sixers yeah, brought back, yeah. I think they brought back Embiid after an injury stretch. After yeah. I think COVID it was two years ago, because they remember the night one of the back-to-back, they lost in Charlotte against a terrible Charlotte team that's like their bugaboo. And then they're like, oh my God, they're going to get spanked in Philly. And then, yeah, that's when D'Lo had the quote of like, everyone thinks it's cute to come back against us. But that was a really good win, because that was an overtime win, I think. You're right, Craig. So Yeah, two years ago. Well, yep. I just know Mark Laurie was there. So it was... Okay. Yeah, it was when they first started uh, as the minority owners. But, uh, no, it's amazing. Um, um, I'm trying to think. Last night's game, the we matched them. How about that bounce that Bam's shot got when it went in? I mean, did you remember that? That's like, come on. I, I Phil, or Phil, you said this earlier. Seven missed like bunnies around the rim. That was like first in the half first quarter. Though, right? Right. Yeah, the, I felt quarter, like there yeah. was 14 in and out, just layup putbacks. It's just like, oh my God. And then it would be a killer, right? Because then Miami would come down and hit a three or get a bucket. And it was like a four or five point swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think to answer your question, on my opinion, like I think it was one of the 10 most memorable wins because you would have been okay if they lost last night, right? You'd have been like, uh, you know, that Miami Heat team, they're in the finals. They have that pedigree. There might be a step above. And you could have just written it off, and it's like, nope. Every time this team gets punched in the mouth, so far they they find a way to punch back and, and with the knock Heat you out. culture logo mid court. By the oh way, oh my god, that, those jerseys <laughs> were that? so bad. I was yeah, bad. I was most concerned because Butler scares me. He's he's crazy sometimes. He why hasn't he played against the Wolves? He just doesn't want it, right? I mean, somebody told me he doesn't want to play against Ant. They told me that a few like last summer. After Ant kind of they're punked him. Two, yeah. The Wolves are 8 and 2 against the Heat since yeah. Jimmy signed there and 4 and 1 against Jimmy specifically. I think 5 of those games he's sat out or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh they have their number. So when he said you can't win without me, yeah. uh, the irony is is that they sure can win without him. Who had that tweet about third stringers? Was that uh that Kyle? was that was uh, our guy that Kyle here, yeah. <laughs> Phil. That or uh, Phil and Craig. That might have been me, but again, Craig. If you don't know this, I drink a lot of wine during these games, and I just start <laughs> ripping things off after uh, after the buzzer. So I got to ask you though, because Craig, we talk about this when you're not here, and we will talk about it now. Like you are historically and currently still one of the funniest people we know. You guys all watched the Wolves broadcast last night. So what are your opinions? You've said you like Finch. What are your opinions on Mike Nori, who might be the funniest <laughs> right. assistant coach in the league right now? Well. It's nice that he's getting all the attention. He's a great guy. <laughs> no, he has a great personality. Yeah. I'm not as wrapped up into it. I don't watch Ted Lasso. I tried to. I'll you know. I'll just rewatch Frasier, but not the not the new one. But <laughs> wow, um, he'll uh, be out on Ted Lasso. That's the headline for yes, this I know. episode. I, I, no, I tried to watch it. I it, it, and I know it's positive, which I like. But um, uh, yeah, they're different shows. But I don't watch a lot of pregame or halftime or or studio shows, you know, like Barkley and Ernie Johnson are the greatest. I don't watch a lot of those because I watch so much of the game action. But uh, Micah's great. Uh, and, and Jim Pete did a, a shout out to Ryan Rossillo. Yep. And then Rossillo, uh, 
I texted with Ryan after the game. So he loves Ant. He that's his favorite player. He says I was pulling for him. I really I was pulling for the Wolves. I really like this. And you know he he mocked Jimmy. I think he said Jimmy was uh, took one shot in the fourth, the three pointer mm-hmm. or something. But uh, he was absent in the in the fourth. So. Uh, it's a long way to answer your question. I, I did want to. You asked me a question. Why? What do you think about Finch? How do you think coaches do? Oh, I'm I'm probably the most pro Finch guy there. Oh, okay. But I also I mean, I, you can pick your brain on this too. Like having a show and having a team of people around you. I just like his personality and how he does stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. X's and O's. I'm still always learning more and you know learning from Jim, learning from Alan Horton. But from a personality standpoint and how he has those, he controls that locker room and the way he has relationships with each guy and he cuts it to him straight. Troy Brown was like raved about Finch and he's like he told me I'm not going to play right away because we're right. too deep and then just stay ready to you know hop in if a guy gets injured so I just like the way he manages personalities in 2023 those egos and all that stuff and the politics of contracts he just he knows how to manage it all it's a he's a good manager right he's a good leader so yeah he's a nice guy which is surprising because he's from the Philadelphia area we know right. how unsavory the fans are there the, <laughs> well, I don't he, use the word out, low rent or low class for he's Eagles and Sixers fans Center. he's throwing full cans of beer at fans heads when they're walking in uh, you guys probably don't see that <laughs> yeah I mean how do you guys oh are we allowed to talk Vikings or not uh, well, yeah, I mean, let's hold on. Let's let's save some time. Do you have like 10 more minutes? Are yeah. you good? You yeah, good? I've got 10 before the uh, massage. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, on, on the Wolves front, just back to a couple of threads here. Number one, I thought that the heat, I'm just putting pins in like some of the things yeah. you're talking about. I think, you know how you guys have seen Fight Club where the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club? Yeah. I feel like the heat putting heat culture on their <laughs> uniforms and on the court that's they've hilarious. officially like jumped the shark and they've, yes. they've now like the first rule of heat culture is don't talk about heat culture. And now they're like using it as a marketing. They're like selling jerseys. It's becoming like a, a trademarked merchandise money hawk. It's like you know? making a T-shirt. Ant is sometimes Jordan-esque. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, don't compare it to Michael Jordan. Could he guard you? No, he could not guard me. <laughs> it's great. Um, on, the, on the Finch front, too. Just like players in pretty much any sport will tell you, they just want coaches and front offices to be honest with them. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you guys saw, speaking of the Vikings, so Jake Browning, the backup quarterback, the Vikings, the Vikings yeah. kept Sean Mannion over Jake Browning, you know, four years ago, three years ago, whatever it was. And that's been stuck in his head. Not that they made the decision to pass him over for another backup quarterback. It was the way that they sort of lied to him. Right. That, hey, right. I'm sitting in my hotel room. You told me I was going to be on the practice squad. Then you ghosted me for 10 hours and my agent you know, calls you back. If the, if the if they would have been honest with Jake Browning, then he doesn't hold the grudge and maybe doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he doesn't have as much you know uh, fire in his belly to beat. But that's where Finch comes in. Finch, whether it's Anthony Edwards or Troy Brown or Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert. It feels like he has the credibility to go up to players and say, hey, you're doing this wrong. Or, hey, we yeah. need to clean this up. And they respect him for it. He has a, right. he has a great way of approaching those conversations. I think he's doing I, – I can tell that he's uh, he's communicating more and, and probably coaching more. It just seems when I hear about some of the halftime speeches or what he says in the post game where we're working on this and we're telling this or we're emphasizing this – it seems like he's coaching up more. I I saw uh, on uh, 
Purple Daily or Scoop is is when when Doogie Two is on. Two great shows, by the way. Is, great when show. Doogie <laughs> is on, that is that still Purple Daily? When Doogie is on, when he does no, Scoop. Do, so so Doogie is his own separate entity under the the Scornorth umbrella. We, but, but What's you can that find, called then? What's that? We've got show Minnesota called? Sports with Mackie and Judd. Right. And then you can also find it on the Scornorth YouTube channel. So anywho. I didn't get an answer to my question, but I don't know if it was Purple Daily that he's on. But Doogie's on with his scoop, and and he uh, a while back, I thought he said, yeah, Glenn Taylor told at the end of the season, Glenn Taylor told Chris Finch, you got to improve, coach. Like he said that to him is what Doogie said, and because uh, there's pressure on the Wolves, uh, and we you know they made the big trade. My whole thing was I. Before the season, I said, okay, we saw how we played against Denver. We have something here. And I don't see a juggernaut in the NBA. I want to finish fourth in the West. That was my goal before the season still is because you don't know how it's going to unfold and how tight it might get. And this is the other weird thing. If we're allowed to talk about the Wolves winning a championship, if we're allowed to even go there, my attitude is uh, when KG got traded to Boston, they had the big three with Ray Allen and Paul Pierce, and everyone was like, this could be a good team. And some people said, if you're going to win it, win it now. Win it now. Win it now. And if the Wolves are going to win a championship, win it this year. <laughs> Mike Conley is playing. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Because we don't know what's going to happen Go, next year. Gobert people... is right on the age. Yeah, yes, I mean, exactly. It's... If you're going to win it. Okay. Now, if they fall from the one seed to the four seed, would you fire Finch, you know, end of the year to spark the team, or would you, would you wait until the offseason? No, I'm just kidding. No, fire Finch. We're but off to a great it... start. And one of the things is we've <laughs> we've been fortunate with the, uh, you know, we played uh, the we beat Denver and Boston at home, and they were on a back to back. Yeah. And we, we there was another game where someone was missing. And I can't remember what it was, but anyways, so we've been fortunate, kind of fortunate with the schedule. Well, now it gets it's just brutal, and we're doing pretty well right now. Yeah. Man, but the championship thing, I mean, just to throw the question out, Kyle, you first here. Percentage chance, if they run this season 100 times in a simulation, how many times out of 100? Percentage chance the Wolves win the championship if they stay healthy? 8 to 10. And I think that's actually a really good, healthy, big number, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's still the Minnesota Timberwolves, Phil. Like, it's still, there's that scar tissue, there's that ability for them to just have the floor completely wash out from underneath them uh but this is a real team and I, craig's right like they've had some in, they've had some injury luck in terms of opponents they've had some schedule luck their schedule gets a little wonkier here for the rest of december but last night was kind of one of those games you just didn't really expect them to win and they just they're doing it not by out shooting teams their offense still has some work to do but that defense that's that's how you win playoff rounds and games in january and february when it's really cold is you just bring your defense anywhere you go. And that defense is, I mean, the defense is now starting to get to like historic levels. It's not just, oh, they're the best in the league. It's like they're the best in the last five years. Uh, so I, I would give them an 8 to 10% chance right now to win it all. Craig's going to go way higher. Well, I was going to yeah, I'm saying higher. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe, I'm one of those guys that doesn't believe in scar tissue with, with the Wolves. I like that. Yeah, I, I, um, be happy. Smile. Put a smile <laughs> on your face. Dude, by the way, ESPN. So they're they're updating this every day. They're like they have a basketball power index. Mm. I don't know what that entails, but they do have the Wolves at a 7% chance to win the whole thing. A 17% chance to get to the finals. The only Western Conference team that's above the Wolves. So it's it's Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia 
are the three most likely champions. The Clippers are the only team above the Wolves now that oh. they've sort of caught fire. Oh, wow. And they're at a 13% chance to win the title. Interesting. There's no way the Clippers win the title. Uh, there's no way. There's just, it's not, the, they don't have the chemistry. They have the talent. It's just the basketball gods would never allow it. Right. They would I allow just, the Wolves to win it before they would allow the Clippers to win it, I feel like, the basketball um, gods. I did. Nikhil Alexander Walker surprises me because he'll throw some crazy passes and he'll throw some great passes, but he made those free throws pretty easily last night. I mean, he's. When, like when Jaden fouls out, I'm like, okay, we got Naw comes in. Who yep. cares? Like that's all I was thinking too. And like, <laughs> Nikhil is the leader in the clubhouse for making Finch's hair grow gray or grayer. Right. He you when when Nikhil does something crazy, like you said, uh, he'll you just look at Finch and Finch is just rolling his eyes. But I think he loves him. He gives him a long leash out there. But right. his shots never going to look normal. But that's fine. Like there's just guys in the league that don't have great form. Right. But Nikhil is such a confidence guy. Like when it's running for him. He's yeah. doing behind-the-back passes. He's just taking these weird step-back threes. And uh, right. he's been integral. Because like you said, Craig, when Jaden goes out, you just next man up. And, and Nikhil's not as long or as big, but right. he can get into any guard out there and basically pick him up full court, and it's, it's really awesome. Let's enjoy the regular season and not worry about the that's playoffs the yet. I'm speaking to myself. I was going to say, I feel like that's like a self-therapy session there for you. Hey, Kilby, think about your hottest Vikings take. Well, I tell the audience about popped corn. Over 80 flavors of small batch popcorn to make your holiday or even just like any any time of year gift giving pop. So uh, some of the flavors here. Wow. Southwest hot wing. I had some of the dill pickle flavor the other day. The uh, there's like a cracked like a salt and cracked pepper situation that was fantastic. Parmesan garlic. Mm. Uh, Somebody at the office had some Parmesan garlic and it's a mac and cheese barbecue chipotle. Popcorn also has tins for Vikings, Gophers, Twins, Wild, Timberwolves, and other professional teams. Order online at poppedcorn.com. That's P-O-P-P-E-D-corn.com, poppedcorn.com. Can I make a comment? I listened to most of that. I was doing, I was answering texts and thinking about my Viking take, doing my homework for you guys. For sure. I have told people publicly that I don't have a sweet tooth. And my, I like savory over sweet. People know that I like cheese. And my guilty pleasure is a bag of white cheddar popcorn. Oh. Mm. Did you just say, what did you say for the flavors? You said cheese or you said white cheddar or what did you so say? So there are over 80 flavors available oh. at popcorn.com. <laughs> but uh, the ones I listed were Southwest Hot Wing, yeah. Barbecue Chipotle. There's a mac and cheese flavor. There's dill, spicy dill pickle or regular dill pickle. Oh wow! Parmesan and garlic. Oh oh oh! That's that's me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send, take a, that send one. a tin to, send to Lord to Kilby, Kilby, just huh? a Christmas huh? gift here. <sighs> cinnamon so, toast crunch. Ross just chimed in and said there's a cinnamon toast crunch flavor. So oh, that would be Roscoe. a little salt and sweet. <laughs> He's clapping so, in the background. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Couple, Cereal flavors. A <laughs> couple thing on the Vikings. I just because uh, you guys do a great job, uh, the Purple Daily people, uh, and. Uh, Judd takes it seriously. I like that. And I, I appreciate that. I think He's, he said something um, recently. So so it's an adventure with Nick Mullins, obviously. 
sometimes when I see these quarterbacks, I go, oh, his feet are a little quicker than Kirk's in the pocket. You know, he's a little quicker. You know, a little, little, little more nervous, skittish, yeah. a little more. <laughs> but um, and the two touchdowns, you know, were, I, I don't know if they were both ill-advised. I can't believe KOC called the pass when they, after uh, Ty, Ty ran down there to the one, and then he, he, he calls a pass, and he rolls to the right and throws it up for grabs, and Jordan Addison gets it. But um, I don't know if we're going to make the playoffs. It's it's it. I so enjoy watching the the team play and the 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 Flores defense until the fourth quarter. But why, if we make the why did Judd say uh, Jaron Hall? Uh, it Kevin O'Connell he wants to make the playoffs. It's good for him. It's just good. Mm -hmm. It's good. The owners want to. Yeah. So you obviously have to go with Nick Mullins because you don't know what Jaron Hall is all about. Or do, they, or do they know that Nick Mullins is going to sabotage you with four of the dumbest plays you've ever seen in your life watching football, causing you to lose the last three and get a tenth that, overall draft pick? Remember that pass he threw uh, left side, left sideline to Justin Jefferson in the crowd, and JJ caught it and was really fired up. That's mm -hmm. that that was a that's a Kirk kind of pass. I mean, mm -hmm. he makes he moves the offense. He does. I think I he. he takes chances obviously you know he's got yeah that i think yeah, dro dropping back and then throwing the ball down into the belly of a defensive that was tackle so that's one right. hell of a chance to take there <laughs> right take a sack but do you guys loathe him or what do you what do you what is your take on him wanna, if you I wanted to make Ky the playoffs who would you play jaron hall you don't even know what he's going to do i want to hear kyle what, what is your three and a half glasses of red wine take when watching <laughs> when watching vikings that's, back up that's how it was on saturday phil watching <laughs> Bengals, vikings in seattle uh I, i'm always blown away i always say this craig is like we cover these teams we follow them we love them we, we know people but we still only see like five percent of the whole picture so when everyone's like why wouldn't you start jaron hall like what well you know these they see him at practice every day Right. Like KOC, like we, we saw Jaron Hall for a half against the Falcons. Yeah. KOC sees him every day in the building. Right. So I would imagine that, you know, they're not just basing this off of a coin flip. They're like, we watch Nick and Jaron play quarterback six other days a week when you don't, and Nick gives us the best chance. When you lose Kirk, as much as this might pain old Phil, Phil is pro-Kirk now, but you're just going to have to, you're you know, bargain bin shopping at this point. Right. All the options are bad. Dobbs, Hall. Mullins, but I do think Mullins kind of has the most stability, and he made some good throws in that game, but man, right. that interception when he was on essentially a defensive tackle, and he just kind of handed it to him like a Christmas gift, right. that was one of the worst plays I've ever yeah, seen. Like, my, so, my arm was going forward, the refs are like, that's yep. why it's an interception. Yep. <laughs> Not a fumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, it's an adventure. He seems, he's a bit of a gunslinger, I guess, I guess, I don't know, but uh, how good is Ty Chandler? No. Oh. Well, that's to me now a couple things. You've just hit on the number one criticism of Kevin O'Connell. Yep. And I say that with nuance because I think Kevin O'Connell has done largely a wonderful job the first two years. But the amount of people after that loss to the Bengals that either want him fired straight up or want him on a hot seat and they say, okay, let, there's room for two things here. Number one, big picture wise, he's 20 and 11 in the regular season with one of the worst defenses in the league last year. He fixed that overnight. Okay, I made a mistake with Donatel. Let's get off it early. Let me hire Brian Flores, corrected. And then this year, he's he's 500 with a with backup quarterbacks playing for half the year. But the Ty Chandler thing, 
that was a first guess, I feel like. It's one of the rare times where, where we've been right about something in tandem lately on Purple Daily. Where, okay, this guy runs a 4-3 40-yard dash. <laughs> you watch him in practice, he's clearly more explosive. Then you watch him in the limited, you know, yeah. action he gets in the games. And sure enough, he, he gets unleashed for the first time. And he has the, the best performance by a running back in like two years for the Vikings. So I don't know what they were looking at, but it was kind of blind loyalty to Alexander Madison. Yeah. Who I'm not saying he should like be off the team, but... How about putting him back in that backup role that he's been comfortable with for four years? Yeah, I uh, I like KOC. I, I think he's great, but he really needs to work on the play calling. I mean, it's 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 bothersome. Are you I mean, out on I, the tush the back to back tush? Yeah, pushes? that's a way complete waste of time. I thought that you know they, we could have beaten the Chargers at home. Call a timeout. Uh, some bad calls with Denver. Uh, just yeah, too many. Too many mistakes. Uh, you, you get too cutesy sometimes, and uh, and yeah, I guess he likes passing. Uh, he really likes passing, but uh, they're fun to watch, man. I I mean, that's not. I always think road games are so tough. So I was kind of I was impressed with Nick Mullins, even though he completely screwed up. It's just that uh, he's a pocket passer. I, you know what this has taught me, uh, Phil. I like pocket passers. You got to have the ability to run. I don't know if Justin Fields is the answer for Chicago. I I I, I want a, a more athletic Kirk Cousins, obviously. I yes, guess, and I hope it's, we draft it somebody. Starts with that. Yeah, I hope we draft somebody uh, this year. I mean, that's the plan. Trade up. How come? How come, Phil? Because you say, oh, if you you know, if we lose out, we get a top ten pick. Craig sounds like my Twitter mentions right now. <laughs> well, hey, Craig sounds like right hey, Phil, can't, Maggie, why, you outkicked your coverage, Maggie. How, how can the <laughs> Chicago personal. Bears trade up? Trade too much to get Mitchell Trubisky and trade up again to get Justin Fields. Why can't we trade up to get a quarterback in the top 10? Why do yeah, we have well, to lose and miss the playoffs to do that? No, that very melt. Now, now there, is a, there is a mock draft today. We did this on Purple Daily from the 33rd team, which is like a bunch of former, like Rick Spielman and some Mike Tannenbaum, where they do a bunch <laughs> of scouting and media. And they had the Vikings drafting uh, is it, uh, J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan, Michigan quarterback, as the fifth quarterback off the board oh. at twenty. Oh, would, would 20. you rather would wow. you rather take the fourth or fifth quarterback off the board, but in your slot, so you're not giving up a future first round pick to move up on a guy that might be a Mitch Trubisky? I that's the would, risk. I would rather take Darius Garland and. Jarrett Culver. That's what I <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah. So who? Just so what I'm saying circle. is, who is it they want? <laughs> what quarterback do they want? And get that guy. In other I words, think, you may have to trade up to get the fourth quarterback or the third quarterback. I, I think they know. want Kirk Cousins back. Well, like that's fine. No, that's fine because you can let the guy. Aaron Rodgers sat. You can let the guy sit for a year or two. But let me let me uh, protect and defend uh, Phil Mackey. His, Thank you. His, his issue with Kirk was usually the contract, top 15 quarterback paid top five. Mm-hmm. And he also doesn't like his Christianity. But other than that. <laughs> wow. No, wow. That, is, that is wildly inappropriate. As a, as a man who grew up Irish Catholic with my rosaries. And um, my... <laughs> no, but, but – uh, no, but Kirk is uh, – we appreciate his accuracy. Uh, he was playing at, you know, great – I think they should bring him back, but they have to. In my opinion, you have to draft this year a franchise quarterback that you that you hope is a franchise quarterback because it's such a deep draft, and you have to prepare for life without Kirk. But here's you, what re, I would. But love. you resign him. Yes, you. Re-sign what I him. would love is if if all parties could agree to this. I think 
Jaron Hall looks like he's got some juice. You get to stay on board as the third quarterback. Jaron mm-hmm. Hall, come on down. So he's on the team. I would say goodbye to Nick Mullins. He's got one year left, but you can get out. There's like a there's really no penalty for saying goodbye to him. If Pro Football Focus's contract projection from last week was correct, and they're they're pretty good on this stuff, they have Kirk coming back with either the Vikings or whoever he signs for. Two years, $60 million with mm-hmm. like the first year pretty much guaranteed. And then you can get out after the first year if you need to. That would put him as the 17th or 18th highest paid quarterback right now before oh, accounting for like more guys. How happy getting are you that he's out of the top 15? And Bill. you can and you can <laughs> you can take it. But it's roster building, right? And you can right. So I get him for one more year. And then I can get out if I need to. And now I can draft a guy and sit him for a year behind Kirk Cousins. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, that's, that's, that's like Nas Reed money. Yeah. It pretty much is. Yeah. <laughs> I, gotta, hey, I, I love it. I, I got to say, there, I want to, we do like four and a half serious minutes a year on this show, Craig. So unfortunately, we're going to have you for that. But I, I've, I have wanted to ask this. And Phil, you can chime in too. But the one serious question I'll ever ask you in 2023. But going back to the wolves, there was never, never inhaled. (laughs) (laughs) There, there was ant was in the news a little bit this week, non-specific stuff, but I'm just curious legitimately because we've, we've talked about where you came from and kind of grown up in the Midwest and now you're out in LA and just in terms of being a celebrity as you've kind of made it and, and taken steps in your career and become, you know, when you met my parents, like my parents loved you way more than they loved me. What, what would advice would you give? to a young celebrity or just like someone who's coming up and just pitfalls or things to look out for. Just what, what was your experience like going from, you know, maybe not a no name, but to someone who is a really big name and has a really big presence. A couple thoughts. Uh, there was a guy named Peter Jennings at ABC news and he pulled me aside once he did the show and uh, you know, th- there was some silliness in late night and, and uh, I had, I worked at some weird places where uh, there was a, uh, power struggles or whatever but he peter jennings pulled me aside and said remember the media they're not your friends they're not your friends uh and and uh you got to be really careful and not trust people um i mean i'm trying to think here uh but i i think i was thinking like tim Connolly. uh he he helped write uh he helped write the post i you know i assume uh I don't think Ant uses the word aligned all the time. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't read like Anthony Edwards' yeah, he didn't personality. But that's fine. Yeah. But he yeah. is. He's a. He is a wonderful. <laughs> he's a wonderful guy who's full of joy, and he had a rough background. And you just. And the other thing, I'll tell you another. I I, I kind of give a, go off on tangents when I answer this. Sometimes I'm just thinking of different things. I remember uh, Bill Murray was on Letterman once, and this was years ago when Tiger Woods came on the scene and was dominating. And he said, uh, Letterman says, hey, what do you think of Tiger? Do you know him? He goes, well, yeah. You know, they say when you become famous, you got three years to be an asshole. That's that's what uh, Bill said. And I guess he was saying, you know, Tiger was kind of in the fast lane and, uh, you know, becoming famous and you can't, you gotta, you're pretty excited. You know, you're not, not everyone is Kirk Cousins where you're, <laughs> yeah. you're chilling out, driving the van, wearing the sweaters. Let's be at pizza ranch guys. Uh, <laughs> call me if you need me. So I think, there's, I think there's someone, someone's going to talk to Ant uh, more than someone, Finchie and Connolly and, you know, Mike Connolly, bite, bite. Why do you call him bite, bite? But 
but uh, you got to be disciplined. You got to be careful. And, uh, you know, there's some people out there that they, they, they want to. It's part of life, you know. Yeah, this is good, this is good advice for flagrant howls as we continue to climb up the you know the Apple <laughs> yeah. podcast Stay humble. charts. Just I mean, I, I worry down. that Kyle's going to. Uh, you're in Portland, right? Yep. Yes, sir. You're going to just start you know demanding the best table, not make reservations, <laughs> storm out. I'm on flagrant howls. I do what I want. Kyle, you're at Chipotle. Calm down, okay, guy. <laughs> sir, this is a Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so good, good life advice yeah, from I like that. from I Craig that. Bill Murray and P- Peter Jennings was uh, he used to host that Current Affair show right back in the I don't know if that was him I think that was somebody else Current Affairs was Maury Povich wasn't it was it Povich okay yeah but Peter Jennings was from Canada he passed away early I think he was a cigarette smoker but he was a nice guy just yeah you just got to be careful and even if you're careful sometimes it doesn't matter but it's uh, it's tricky out there guys yeah. stay strong. Boy, and you guys, just with how much we packed into 50 minutes here, you guys avoided my trivia challenge of can you <laughs> name six players on the 1993-94 Timberwolves who this team has now caught with 20 wins? So you guys are lucky. You guys are lucky. Isaiah Ryder would have been a correct answer. Ryder, Ryder, Ryder. Um, wait a second. Doug West was there, wasn't he? No? Yep. Doug West. Oh, I just looked at this, this yesterday, so let this. Craig Cook. I don't think I I don't remember all these uh it's 30 uh, years ago uh, man it's a long time Yeah ago. that's uh uh who else was there Googs was gone Googs was not there I don't remember the years Go- Googs was not there yet this is yet. the year before Googs Uh let's see Randy Brewer Randy Brewer this no? was I think a little after Randy Brewer No not Randy Brewer 93 94 mm. Bonus point if you can name the coach of that season Bill, uh, Jimmy Rogers City he got fi- he got fired the year before City Low then took over. Oh, okay, okay. And then he got fired right. for Bill Blair, and then he got fired for Philip Saunders. All within like the next three years. <laughs> There's uh, some other Christian names. Christian Leitner. Christian oh, you oh, had the, the the big men were just glorious. Stacy King, yep. Luke Longley, and the twilight of Thurl Bailey's career. Oh, wow. Former great player with the Jazz in great the eighties. Great player with the Jazz. Chuck Person, who the Wolves acquired in the Sam Mitchell trade. Two years before with the Pacers. I don't remember these guys on the Wolves. Michael crazy. Williams was the guard. Michael a Williams. combo guard. Yeah. And then, wow, Marlon Maxey, Stanley Jackson, Brian Davis, Andres Giebert, Corey Williams, oh, yeah. Tellus Frank, Chris Smith, and Mike Brown. Is that wow. that Mike Brown or a different Mike Brown? Oh, uh, it was a cent. No, not that Mike Brown. A different Mike Brown. Yeah, there's got to be a different Mike Brown. Might be a couple of them. So in the world, well, not gonna, not gonna, not gonna work here anymore. <laughs> yeah. So that that is how you win 20 games in an NBA season. Wow. Like, what a, who are those? It's guys? a glorious time to be a Wolves fan. It's so exciting. <laughs> what do you think? Week week predictions. What do you think? I mean, I know you don't. They play Philly tomorrow night on Wednesday, but I'm more concerned with your thoughts. Uh, your favorite team against kind of your current hometown team, the Lakers. Wolves Lakers on Thursday NBA TV. Who do you like? Um, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take the Wolves. It's gonna be tough. I think we need a obviously a big bench effort against the Lakers at home. Uh, kind of bothers me that Philly lost at home to Chicago. They're gonna really yeah. concentrate tomorrow. Uh, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take us at home against the Lakers. I, I have to. It's gonna be tough. Not gonna be easy. Not gonna be easy. No, I'm with him. That might be a Troy Brown game. <laughs> oh, 12 the points, revenge. 12 points. Troy Brown revenge. 
But it also could be like several revenge games for Lakers players too. It could be like a D'Lo revenge game. Yeah, a lot of Luka Garza game. He's such a. Mm-hmm. I don't know. D'Lo is so comical to me. And <laughs> most of us, he's just like you know, it's too cool for school. My, it's like Mike Conley's. They went to both went to Ohio State. And Conley's the adult, and D'Lo's the enigma. Yep. The Wolves no, are careful. Thir- the D'Lo are thirty-two and seventeen since the D'Lo trade. Oh, I love it. There you go. For there all you go. D'Lo defenders that called us idiots for saying, without even including the other assets, Nikhil Alexander Walker, whatever. This is a great trade for the Wolves. That's right. Back in your face, D'Lo in defenders. Your, in your face. <laughs> never too high, uh, never too D'Lo. Hey, go to Craig's YouTube channel, yes. The Life Gorgeous Podcast, where he talks to luminaries around the sports and entertainment world. Luminaries like Judd and, uh, yeah. and others. Ryan Rossillo was on your podcast. Uh, was he on twice? He was on as an early guest. Yeah, he's been on. He was the very first guest, and then he was on again. He was on twice. And I try to I try to space out the Wolves, uh, you know, the Minnesota people, but because uh, it's supposed to be a national podcast. But I just I just have fun with it. Talk to some of our writer friends, family guy, but talk a lot of wolves, a lot of Vikings. Love it. Yeah, there was Phil. There was one week where it was Peter Schreger, who I'm a big fan of, football guy. Schreger. And the next yeah. week it was our guy Dane. So really yeah. all over the place with, uh, but the Dane one was really good too. So if you like Dane, go listen to that. But great podcast. I'm glad you're part of the podcast family now with us, Craig. Amen. Always a joy to see you guys. And remember, happy holidays. Happy yes. holidays. Mason Margot has a Christmas special. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> It is. Uh, it's ten percent off the uh, yeah, Craig Kilborn special Craig. martini. Yeah, that's promo code Kilby. So hey, thanks for coming on here. We'll do it again in the new year as we approach playoff season. Wolves pride. Ooh, put that on a shirt. I like that. Wolves <laughs> culture. This is your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, Flagrant House.